It is often said that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. But most of us would agree that some people just have a special glow about them. Being charismatic, charming, and beautiful is something that a lot of people wish that they had, but there can be trouble in paradise if you aren't careful. When you attract a lot of attention, sometimes it can be wonderful. But sometimes it isn't a good thing at all. Sometimes it just attracts the wrong kind of people. My name is Brianne, and I'm the host and creator of Among the Dirt and Trees, a show where we explore true crime cases that occur out in nature. In today's episode, we're going to discuss the 1908 murder of Hazel Drew, a charming young woman who actually provided the inspiration for the show Twin Peaks. Now, before you worry, just be aware that I have not seen this show, so there will not be any spoilers on it. I just did think it was a pretty interesting fact. Hazel's disappearance and subsequent murder drew quite a bit of attention, and her story is one that has been passed down throughout the ages as a cautionary tale. But let's explore what happened. Hazel was a young woman with goals, ambitions, and plenty of romantic prospects at the time when she vanished, but no one would realize just how many prospects she had until after she was already dead. This was actually a point of contention in the case that baffled investigators, because they kind of kept getting different stories. With so many potential suspects, you would assume that they would be able to nail down at least one, but that wasn't the case here. To this day, Hazel's murder is still unsolved. Working as a governess for a local engineering professor, Hazel had a bright future ahead of her. She was generally well-liked, and descriptions of her describe her as remarkably beautiful, a point which would later shift when police discovered her bloated corpse in a nearby pond. People were really bothered by that detail. But Hazel was friendly with those around her and seemed happy with the direction of her life. At the time, on the surface, it would appear that she had no suitors, but the subsequent investigation would prove that this likely wasn't true at all. What police did know was that in the years preceding her death, Hazel began to change. To the surprise of those around her, Hazel began to live a fairly lavish lifestyle. As you might expect, working as a governess wasn't a terribly high-paying job. It was a credible job, but it wasn't exactly something that you would be looking for if you had a rich family at the time. Though she did make some money, her wage likely came out to less than $3,000 a year in New York. And that is being really generous, depending on the arrangement with her boss. As a working woman, she made enough to care for herself, but her wage didn't seem to match her lifestyle. Hazel was wearing fine custom clothing and was known to frequently travel by train all around the East Coast. And I'm talking different states and everything, which is a little shocking at this point in time. As you might expect, 
This made some people wonder about where the money was actually coming from, but people in this time were more likely to question it in hushed whispers rather than ask her straight to her face. All I could think was that maybe if somebody had, her killer might have already been found. It was July 11th, 1908, the day that Hazel was found, but she actually went missing four days before that. The last time that anyone saw her, she was traveling through the woods. Hazel interacted with a local boy by the name of Frank Smith, a teenager who everyone knew had a crush on her. She also saw a local charcoal peddler named Rudolph Gunman. The next that anyone would see Hazel or her ritzy new clothes she would be dead. When Hazel was found, she was nearly unrecognizable. Her trademark beauty was gone. Face down in a local pond, Hazel's body was bloated and altered by the water. To confirm her identity, they actually had to look at her clothes and her teeth. And then there was the concern regarding her condition. It was clear to investigators that Hazel didn't just fall into a pond and drown under the weight of her large dress. The back of her head told a grim story. She was badly bludgeoned with an unrecovered item that police suspected was both hard and relatively large. Immediately, people wanted to know what happened. This was nothing short of a scandal. Police wanted to find Hazel's killer, and unsurprisingly, given the graphic nature of the attack, they suspected that it was a man. When asked, those who knew Hazel said that she didn't have a man in her life, but like I said, the investigation was eventually going to prove that that just wasn't true. After looking through her belongings, they found a collection of love notes from unknown men who seemed very interested in her, but they only ever signed off with their initials. More research would show that she was likely meeting some of her admirers, but that still didn't prove who actually killed Hazel. The fact that she was well-liked could lead them to the murderer, but they still had to figure out who these people were. If anything, this all made it more difficult to understand who was truly at fault, or where she was even headed on the day that she disappeared. Police had three primary leads to follow, and they talked to a lot of people exploring all of this. Initially, quite a bit of interest actually fell on a man named William Taylor, who was Hazel's uncle. This was largely because of two reasons. His proximity to the pond where Hazel was found, which was about a mile away, and his generally poor reputation in the area. To put it nicely, his neighbors believed that there was something odd about him, and no one really seemed to trust him. Police pursued this potential avenue, but they really couldn't link him to anything. He might have been an odd guy, but there was no actual evidence that he killed his niece. 
Once he was cleared, suspicion fell on Frank Smith, the teenage boy that had a crush on her. And that kind of makes sense, right? People thought, oh, here's this guy, unrequited love, could be a problem. Some speculated that he was responsible for Hazel's disappearance, and that that was why he was one of the last people to see her. But again, police couldn't find anything that proved that he was involved at all. Just that he liked her. And I didn't read anything that even pointed in his direction either. It seems like he truly might have just been a boy with a crush who later ended up being terrified, no doubt, when police began asking if he murdered her. That's a seriously big pill to swallow, especially for a young boy. The third and more obvious theory is that Hazel was killed by one of her secret suitors. Some suspected that she might have overstayed her welcome with the rich man that people believe were buying her clothes and giving her spending money. Others think that one of her trysts might have simply gone wrong and that at some point, when she met up with one of the suitors, they saw an opportunity in the secrecy of the arrangement. In 1908, it was incredibly common to hide this kind of thing. And I mean the relationship bit, not the murder. <laughs> because otherwise, Hazel's reputation, or the man that she was with, especially if he was married, might have been at risk. Is it possible that Hazel was someone's mistress and threatened to blow their cover? Did a lover's quarrel end in a deadly fight? Or was this nothing more than a crime of opportunity? In all of her travels in freedom, is it possible that someone saw Hazel and her finery out there alone and then decided that she was the perfect victim? I truly don't know, and obviously neither does anyone else, so... <laughs> Hazel's story has, at this point, become nothing more than a rumor in the town. A warning to stay out of the forest. But... In their investigation, police would go on to question several other men. One was a man who proposed to her, a local dentist, that police thought might have been offended by her refusal. Another was a nearby millionaire who was known to engage in salacious acts with ladies in the area. A man who some believed might be holding women captive in some kind of weird sex orgy cult thing. People actually said that they heard screams coming from his property, but nothing was ever proven. Then, there was the conductor of the train that Hazel frequented. But all of their efforts led to dead ends. Even as they questioned and honestly pursued pretty much every man that knew her. From what I can tell, no one accused the father of the children that she watched, but I'm sure that he was questioned briefly, if nothing else, because they seriously were just pulling up anyone that was related to her at all. Police were under immense pressure to hunt down her killer. But as much as people wanted answers, in the end, there was just nothing to be done about it. Instead... Hazel's tragedy was passed on as a story through families in the area until it reached a man by the name of Mark Frost, who ultimately created his own version of the story with Twin Peaks. 
All of this happened because he heard the story growing up from his grandmother, which I thought was kind of cool. In its own way, Hazel's murder has been immortalized, but there still hasn't been any justice in this case for her. Someone violently murdered her, and we may never know who did it. If I had to guess, I would say we probably won't ever know. I honestly didn't know anything about Twin Peaks before I researched this episode, and now I think that I'm going to have to go check it out, because it does look pretty cool. So, if you have seen it, and you do think that it's a good one, I definitely want to hear from you. But also, if I'm going to waste my time, please warn me. Otherwise, if you want to talk about TV shows based on true crime, the horror show that is Bodies Submerged in Water, or the scandal of secret love affairs during times where they were basically illegal, feel free to contact me on Twitter or Instagram using the tag at datpod. Thanks, guys. <laughs>